Happy New Year, my friends! Today starts Season 3 of God-Sized Stories. We took a short break the, during the holidays, but we're so excited to be back for this season with incredible guests. You don't want to miss one single episode. And on that note, I have some pretty cool news. At the end of 23, we were ranked in the top 50% of podcasts. That was amazing. I did not know that people from 66 countries have listened to our 30 or so episodes in the past 20 months. I was so excited to find out these statistics. Thank you so much for, for listening and for sharing. Well, in today's episode, I had the privilege to talk to best-selling author Jeff Kinley. Jeff is also an expert in eschatology and Bible prophecy. In this conversation, he takes us on a thought-provoking journey through his latest book, God's Grand Finale, Wrath, Grace, and Glory to Earth's Last Days. In this book, he reviews 13 attributes of God that are found in the book of Revelation. This book offers like a unique perspective of Revelations, one that shows God's consistent love and grace for his people, even as he judges sin in the world. Well, Jeff is giving away a copy of God's grand finale to someone in my audience. Just go to my show notes and follow the link that's there. Fill out the entry form for a chance to win a copy of this incredible book. I read it. You don't want to miss it. Well, there's more also that I want to talk to you about. Jeff kindly agreed to give me an extended interview to answer some questions that many believers have about end times, the rapture, and current events. But this won't be on this week's episode. It will be on next week's episode. So you have to tune in next week to listen to this second interview. Please take a moment to subscribe to my show and leave a review. That helps us tremendously, and I'm very thankful. Now, grab your headphones and get ready for another wonderful episode of God Size Stories. Well, I want to welcome to the show... Uh, our new guest today, Pastor Jeff Kinley, he is a best-selling author of 40 books and a former pastor with over three decades of ministry experience. And he has a passion for sharing God's truth and the way that he shares it captivated audiences worldwide. He's known worldwide, especially on the subject of eschatology. So he is not only an accomplished author, but he's also a recognized expert in Bible prophecy and has been featured in major networks. You you may have seen him at Fox and Friends, the Glenn Beck Show, the Ben Shapiro Show. So he is well regarded in both the religious and the mainstream circles. He also has a, a very well-known uh, podcast is called Vintage Truth, and it's heard from across uh, 100 countries. He's also a co-host a Prophecy Pros podcast, which has surpassed 1 million downloads. Uh, that's pretty impressive. That's awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Pastor. 
Thank you so much, Patricia. Good to be here. Wonderful. Well, today we're going to talk. Actually, I'm going to tell my audience this is going to be a two part interview, and you do not want to miss the second part. We are going to talk next week. You're going to be seeing this same interview, but uh, about a little bit more about end times, uh, the rapture, what we're looking right now in the world, and how that lines up with prophecy. But today we want to discuss this brand new book. Uh, is is that number 40, Pastor? I think so. Something like that. <laughs> something, <laughs> 40, 41. Lose, yeah, I've I'll, actually lost count, to be honest. <laughs> this is, it's a wonderful thing to lose count of, you know, but about 40 books. But it's it's called God's Grand Finale, uh, Wrath, Grace, and Glory to Earth's Last Days. I love the name, by the way, God's Grand Finale. I, I love that very much. So why don't you give us a glimpse of what readers can expect from your new book? Yeah, well, it's about the book of Revelation, and basically that the fact that when God wrote Revelation, He wrote it not only to give us a heads up on future history and what's going to happen at the end of time, but also, curiously enough, to reveal Himself once again. You know, the whole Bible is the revelation of God. It's the revelation of who God is and how He relates to us and how we can relate to Him. When we get to Revelation, sort of the last chapter in God's book, uh, last chapters are, are very important for authors because you want to leave a lasting impact. You want people to really walk away just feeling like they've really gotten something. Well, God's the master author, and he concluded his written revelation to mankind uh, with a book not just about prophecy, which it is, 95% prophecy, but embedded within that is who he is. So what I do basically in God's grand finale is I go through and highlight 13 amazing attributes of God and how we can relate to him through the book of Revelation. That is definitely a different twist on the book of Revelation that I have not seen before. So that's very unique to this book. And it's it's very, it's great because of course, people uh, will equate Revelation with a lot of times with fear. And uh, there are a lot of confusions, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So just to show God's wonderful attributes and just highlight them in this book, it's a very w- great different different approach that I, I know that our readers are going to enjoy a lot. Now, what can we learn, uh, according to you, and in your book you talk about that, about the, the first 10 words in Revelations? Well, it's actually the first 10 words back. You go all the way back to Genesis in the first 10 words of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, there was a man by the name of Herbert Spencer around 1864 uh, who wrote, he was an evolutionist, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, was someone who didn't believe in God. But he claimed that we could understand everything about the universe uh, with basically five five words. Those words were time, force, energy, space, and matter. He said, all you need to know for humanity about the universe is found in those five uh, words, those five concepts. Well, in, in the Bible, we have in the beginning, that's time, uh, God, that's force, uh, created, that's energy, heavens, that's space, and matter, uh, or earth, that's matter. So in the first 10 words of the Bible, uh, according to evolutionists, we can understand everything we need to know about the universe and really make sense of it. And what's amazing about that, Patricia, is that God 
I mean, God, obviously he's the author of science. He's the author of, of the creation. And he put those words in there to let us know in the very first words of the Bible that he is the creator. And then, of course, the bookend of that is the book of Revelation. And in Revelation, it begins with the revelation of Jesus Christ. So in both Re Revelation and Genesis, we have God saying, I want you to know who I am. Wonderful. And it kind of reminds you also of the same uh, the same concept of the beginning of the book of John, right? If mm -hmm. you think about it, right. they are, they're all together. And I love that. I never, never thought of it that way. So, well, um, let's talk about this. One common source of confusion concerning Revelation is this use of violence and apocalyptic uh, imagery, uh, like the plagues and judgments that they are described throughout the book. Some readers, they struggle to reconcile those images, images with a loving, graceful, merciful God portrayed throughout Scripture, which is not very different from the Old Testament, if you think about that. A lot of people are, nowadays especially are attacking a lot the Old Testament, you know, in, in, because they see a contrast of God's judgments and different things like that with the, with the loving God portrayed in, in the New Testament. So, um, can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. I think typically we as human beings and even sometimes as uh, professed believers in Christ, we tend to want God to be who we want him to be. In other words, we want to take certain attributes and characteristics of him and just say, well, that's all he is. That's all I want him to be. I want him to be gracious, compassionate, loving, forgiving. And really, that's it. I don't want discipline. I don't want any sort of uh, retribution or you know recompense or, or consequence for my sins. Uh, unfortunately, God is is a multifaceted being. He's not just one dimensional. So God is also holy. He's also righteous. Uh, he's also just. Uh, he is fair according to his sovereignty. And so God is all those things. And he's also merciful and gracious and righteous and forgiving as well. The thing is, is that I usually tell people that you know, we all have a sense of we want God to be just. We want him to be uh, a God that that does judge sin. I mean, we all want all the evils of the world to be uh, taken away. We want there to be righteousness. We want there to be peace. And that can't happen unless God does something with sin. The good news is, is that God actually displayed his righteousness and his holiness at the cross of Jesus Christ, when he actually judged sin there and put it on Jesus Christ. And so we really do want God to be righteous. Uh, only in humanity's relationship with him, there's coming a time when, when planet Earth continues to reject God as revealed in his word, then God, his patience eventually runs out and he has to bring judgment and retribution. And that's really what a lot of the book of Revelation is, is about, is about God bringing about this end times period known as the tribulation period, uh, where he unleashes his wrath on mankind. Uh, part of that is because man deserves it just like they did during the days of Noah. But the other part of it, Patricia, is so that some people in that uh, those of those billions would say, hey, Wow, if this is the holy God, I need to get my life right and and, uh, and you know coordinate with him and and get right with him. So uh, God has kind of a dual purpose in that in bringing his wrath. You know, that's one one area of confusion, then there's another area of confusion and that is the depiction of God as a vengeful judge, right? So particular particularly like in the context of the final judgment, right? So we mm -hmm. we some some of us 
have a hard time wrapping our minds around the fact that the God would condemn people that he made, that he loves, that he went to the cross for, to eternal judgment. And we find this, uh, this portrayal very inconsistent with the teachings of love and forgiveness and eternal love that Jesus and the apostles uh, show everywhere else in, in, in the Bible. So how would should people reconcile these two concepts and view revelation in light of this. Yeah, I, I love what the great um, th theologian Charles Spurgeon once said. He said, you don't reconcile friends. You know, in other words, uh, people that that may or concepts that may appear to be contradictory actually work together. And if you look even at the life of Christ, I mean, we tend to look at Jesus and sort of cherry pick or kind of go through the buffet of the life of Christ and pick those things that we want. But you consider that Christ, uh, he had righteous anger. He cleansed the temple twice. Uh, he he was violent when he did that. He used whips and he turned over tables and, and it was a very violent thing. Also, this same meek and mild Jesus will one day return to planet Earth, according to Revelation 19, and he's going to uh, have battle with all of his enemies, with the millions upon millions that are gathered in Armageddon. The Bible says he's going to slaughter all of them and that the blood will rise to the level of horses' bridles. Uh, and then also in Revelation chapter 14 or Revelation uh, chapter 20, uh, you have Christ himself once again being the judge of all the nations and of individuals. So the same Jesus that held children on his lap, that died on the cross for us, that turned water into wine, that raised Lazarus from the dead, is the same Jesus that one day will have to punish sinners uh, in mm -hmm. a place called the lake of fire. And I just say this is that you know, the fact that Jesus took on that sin, that punishment already, means that we don't have to experience that. And so that's why the gospel is preached. The good news is God loves the world and wants you to be saved and, and to avoid that judgment. Jeff, the, the truth is that uh, if people will really t d dedicate their time to study scriptures as a whole, they will see this apparently inconsistency but it's it's not because you see the same trait of god in the old testament as you see in the new testament as you see in, in revelations right i mean it, it does not change yeah. god is a god of justice yeah. as just as much as he is a god of, of love and mercy of course his greatest yes. his love and grace covers yes. everything but he is a god and he portrays himself that way throughout the Holy Scriptures. I think that the issue is that uh, we, and, and, and that is concept is as old as time, right? We as humans, we want to pick and choose the views of God that we cling to, right? Mm -hmm. How how do you tell your the people who follow you, the people who 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 you teach? How do you tell them that they should reconcile these things? What What is the key to really understanding the full character of God as the merciful king and also as the judge that he is? Yeah, I think there's two things. Number one, it's just to simply realize that uh, God is God and we're not, that we are his creation, uh, that we're made from dust, uh, that we're not divine beings. Uh, we're, we're God's creation. And as his creation, as Romans chapter nine says that uh, nine through 11 says that we are the, the clay and he is the potter. So there's a, a sense in which 
you know, our egos kind of have to lower and our our submission, our surrender to God has to rise up. And we have to humbly come before him and just simply say, well, you're God. I mean, you you are who you are. And so I, I need to submit to that. Uh, so that's part of it. And the other part is, is just to uh, be willing to allow God's word uh, to, in essence, write upon our minds who he is and, and let our minds conform to God's word instead of taking God's truth and God's word and, and making it conform to our preferences or our culture. And I think that's the real key is just simply submitting ourselves before him and saying, you are the king uh, and you can do whatever you want. And so I'm going to submit to that. And as a child of God, of course, you know, we are, we avoid that punishment. We avoid that, uh, that lake of fire because Christ already took that on himself. So uh, there's so many benefits that come with being a child of God. Uh, we have to uh, uh, submit ourselves though, to the fact that God does have a, a plan, a plan for history, a plan for the end of time. And uh, our job is to know it well and to warn others about it. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, let's talk again about your book, about the grand, the God's grand finale. Um, tell me how you, you know, one of the, the main highlights that you wanted to, to show in this book is portray God's characters throughout scriptures. Can you give me some examples of how you do that in the book? Yeah, as, as you simply walk through the book of Revelation, uh, and, and I've studied and taught Revelation many, many times, but as you go through Revelation, what happened for me this time is that God's attributes and his character just began rising up out of the book. I mean, in fact, in chapter one, you see this exalted Christ, uh, this glorious Jesus. I call him the unfamiliar Jesus because it's a Christ that who is pictured as being authoritative, uh, risen, glorious. Uh, he's seated at the right hand of God. Uh, his hair is white like wool. His eyes are blazing like fire. And John, when he sees this Christ, he's actually traumatized by this because, you know, he hasn't seen Christ in, you know, in about 60 years since, uh, uh, since he walked with him on the earth. Uh, but as you go on through the book of Revelation, you see a God who is sovereign, uh, who's, you know, the whole, the old hymn, he's got the whole world in his hands. I mean, the fact that he really does have history in his hands. Uh, you also see a God, as we talked about, that is wrathful, but at the same time, a God who is incredibly gracious, even during a time when his wrath is being poured out. We see a, a great revival taking place during this right. tr seven-year tribulation period. So uh, you have God who, who is coming back again. I mean, Jesus, who is fulfilling his promises. He's the ultimate promise keeper. So over and over again, uh, we just see these wonderful attributes of God. And so what it does, essentially, Patricia, is it turns Revelation into an incredible devotional book. Uh, mm -hmm. Instead of just a book to get facts and figures about uh, the end times, it really turns into a book where we can encounter God in a new and fresh way. So you have structured this book uh, in a way that it would be a wonderful uh, resource for Bible studies, you know, for, for group studies from what I see. Do you tell me some of the resources that this book is offering in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. As you as you go through Revelation, you see that uh, you, you get information about the future. You get information about um, the millennial kingdom, about heaven, about eternity, uh, about God's relationship to mankind, and and that's a really discerning uh, aspect of the book, Patricia. Because uh, a lot of people walking around today, they see the things that are happening, but they don't know how to make sense of them. And so what God does in the book of Revelation, and really through revealing his character, is it shows us how we can understand the times, but at the same time, understand him. So as, as you go through each of these things, it's almost like, I, I relate it like taking a beautiful diamond 
And, you know, when you have a diamond, it's got all these facets on it. And every time you turn the diamond, you see a different uh, attribute of the diamond, how beautiful, how precious, how priceless it is. And it's sort of like going through Revelation. We're just turning the book of Revelation as we go through it and seeing the attributes of God uh, come through. So it's a very impactful book, uh, great for small group studies, great for preaching through or teaching through, uh, because it does help uh, believers get into Revelation. Because as you know, most people avoid Revelation for various yes. reasons. And so this is kind of an invitation to, hey, come on in. You're not going to be afraid. God's going to hold your hand. And uh, throughout all these things that are happening, you're really going to know your God in a more intimate way. I love the concept, and I know that readers are going to grasp a lot from not not just the the content of Revelation, which is uh, mysterious in so many ways for so many people, right? And and a lot of times people see it as confusing. And I think that one of the roles that people see a little confusing is Jesus, right? Because God throughout the Old Testament, uh, we see God as the judge and the king. But in, in the New Testament, while while He walked on earth. Jesus had uh, he he showed the the, the judgment side in, in just small glimpses, right? We see like like you talked about in the temple, right? When he, but mostly we see, and that, that's I think the confusion, a huge confusion for the church today, right? Because when we cling to the Jesus of the thirty three years that he lived on earth, we see much more mercy and grace than we see the 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 judge the judging king, you know, the one who is going to come uh, with with wrath as well to, you know, against sin and against the evil of the world. So um, we see, and, and I think that this is another thing that confuses people in Revelation a little bit. Could it be because we see so little of that trait of Jesus in the New Testament? Uh, part of it may be that. I think the other part, again, is the fact that we do tend to gravitate towards uh, those passages of Scripture that sort of stroke our emotions and make us feel good. Uh, we tend to avoid uh, Matthew 23, where Jesus excoriates uh, the uh, the Pharisees and yes. tells them they are sons of hell and that they're all going to hell and that type <laughs> of thing. Uh, uh, we forget the the you know in John chapter four where Jesus told the woman at the well, "Your religion is the wrong religion, and ours is the right one." Uh, you know, we, we forget John 14 six where Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, the life." So there's a lot of um, very direct language. Uh, you know, even rebuke and reproval uh, in the uh, in the New Testament about Jesus, uh, but in terms of apocalyptic judgment, we obviously we don't see that. Now, in 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 Matthew chapter twenty four and twenty five yes. in Jesus Olivet discourse, he does get to the point where he says, "Hey, look, this is what's coming on the earth," mm -hmm. and he basically mirrors the first part of Revelation. And then he talks about his second coming. Uh, he talks about dividing the sheep and the goats. He talks about sending people uh, to this place of eternal punishment. Uh, so it's all there. Uh, it's just that a lot of times people, again, tend to pick and choose which ones uh, they want to believe because it does give us sort of emotional comfort. I mean, who wants to read something that makes that challenges them, you know, makes them rethink their concept of God? Uh, but that's why we need to see the totality of the Bible and to see that there's not one God in the Old Testament, another one in the New Testament. It's the same God, same attributes, same characteristics. That's right. Just get in the Bible and you'll find out, right? <laughs> That's right, just that's the right. truth. Yes. Well, uh, Jeff, tell us, uh, just as we finish this this first part of the, the interview, uh, I want you to to tell your, the people who are listening what they can expect as they, they 
purchase this book and what was your heart as you wrote uh, for those who are going to read what is your intention as you know as you pen this beautiful book yeah i think about jesus words in john 17 uh, 4 when he says 3 and 4 where he says that uh, eternal life this is eternal life to know god and jesus christ whom he has sent and the book of Revelation does that for us. I think what they'll find is a fresh look at Revelation. Uh, they're still going to get all the content of Revelation, but it's going to be in such a way where you're going to really be uh, forced to encounter your God in a new and wonderful way. And again, I, I find that people will fall more in love with Christ as a result of it. And, and Revelation 19.10 is really kind of the seminal verse on that. It says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you study Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation, it's really all about Jesus. So if you leave Revelation, you don't have a closer relationship with Jesus, you did it wrong. <laughs> you know, you need to go back again and make sure you're encountering him. And I think once that happens, you know, the, the goal of our entire life while we're here on earth is to know God. And so the revelation really ends the Bible by helping us do that. Wonderful, Jeff. Well, it is an excellent book. Everybody should get a copy of it, especially now that there's just so much fear, you know, going out, going around. And a lot of, uh, I have a, a friend who's really into prophecy, but she listens to <laughs> all kinds of, of different things that that will instill a little bit of fear in your heart. We We need this. Hope. We need to see the true character of God in scriptures, throughout scriptures. It doesn't change. Right from Genesis to Revelation, He's the same wonderful, merciful God. And and I, I love that, that your book highlights His wonderful attributes. And so I, I can't wait to write my column for the Atlanta Journal about it. And I will share all this information on my show notes. And uh, y'all just hang on. Come back next week because... Next week, we're going to talk about, uh, me and Jeff are going to talk about the actual rapture and different things that people have questions about. So thank you again, Jeff, for this time. And I'll see you in just a little bit. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation Please help us to spread the word about God-sized stories by sharing this conversation on social media or with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a good review. That helps us a lot. Also, do not forget that on the show notes, you will find a link to a form that you will fill out for a chance to win a copy of the author's book. The winner will be announced next week on social media and by email. Good luck. Well, that's it for this week. Until we meet again, may God continue to strengthen you and guide you as he writes your own God-sized stories. Thanks for listening.